It is Locked On Jazz for the 16th of March. I'm here today to make sure you're not a basketball idiot. No, really. I'm going to be just totally honest about it. I'm here to make sure you don't buy a false narrative and you don't walk around town and be a basketball idiot like most people were yesterday. It's a service. I'm giving. I'm caring. We'll also discuss how the Milwaukee Bucks change the way people play defense in two different ways to do transition. But let's really prevent you from being an idiot. It's all coming up next on Locked on Jazz. You are Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan each and every day. And today, I'm going to prevent you from being an idiot like most people are right now. How's that? I'm a little fired up. Shouldn't call people idiots. All right, you're dumb. All right, you're short-sighted. All right, you're buying a stupid narrative without actually looking into it yourself. What else do you want me to go with? What other inappropriate, not particularly nice thing should I say this morning that I shouldn't actually, at 51 years old, I should be over it and shouldn't be telling people that they're dumb idiots, basketball fools, or buying false narratives. Okay, I did it. I'm sorry. Let's go. The narrative about Donovan Mitchell and hero ball, selfishness, Quinn turning the game over to him, all of those things, not true. You know what happened? He missed some good looks. Really, four of them rather than eight of them. He made a bad foul and he turned the ball over. Okay. But let's make sure he did not have a good fourth quarter. But he was not a, it was not hero ball. It was not Quinn turning the offense over to him and, and not like, it was not selfishness. It was not Donovan trying to be something. None of those things. Let's walk through it. Literally walk through it the way a junior in high school would do a research paper. Donovan checks in at the 850 mark. The first play when he's in the game happens about actually a minute later because a bunch of stuff happens, and it's a Curry-O'Neal two-man pick-and-roll, and and O'Neal misses a layup, okay? The next play is an inbound. uh, The next play, the ball gets knocked out of bounds on a drive, and they run an inbound play to Donovan in the corner for a corner catch-and-shoot three. The play is for Donovan on an inbound. He catches in the corner. And he fires the three. He misses. He missed. Tough shot. He missed. Okay. The next possession is a fast break. Mike Conley turns it over. The next possession is a double stagger, high pick and roll, left to right. Same play. He ends up turning it over later against Drew Holiday. And they get Grayson Allen switched on like they want. And he beats Grayson Allen to the basket at the 654 mark. And he scores. Okay. He's one for two. Now there's 6.20 left. Rudy Gay commits the silly foul, gets a sillier technical foul. 
Like really weird because you rode him out of bounds the whole way. So Donovan, I actually think being a good leader and trying to engage Rudy Gay, they run a double stagger. Rudy Gay pops. Rudy Gay is open. Donovan makes the right play and gives the ball to Rudy Gay for a three, and he misses. Okay. So at this point, by the way, Donovan has been in the game for three minutes. He has taken two shots, and on the three other possessions, when he's either given it up or not been involved, we haven't scored. Okay? We now have 5.54 left. We run a Conley, Gobert, pick and roll, Donovan flaring to the top. They go with Donovan. Rudy gets it. Rudy dunks. Okay? We scored. Uh, our next play is about the 540 mark. It's a Donovan, Rudy, Gobert, pick and roll. And Donovan gives it up on a bounce pass to Rudy and draws a foul from Giannis and a free throws. So now at the five-minute mark, Donovan's been in the game. He's taken a three on an inbound play that was called for him. He took a double stagger off Grayson Allen and beat him. He ran a similar play, gave a wide-open three to Rudy Gay. He ran a high pick and roll with Gobert and gave him the ball. Don't give me hero ball crap. He's our best player. He's our high usage player. He averages 28 a game, 26 a game. He's going to take shots. He's not supposed to not shoot. If you're on this kick that he's playing hero ball, you're not watching. You're taking single narrative that's fun on Twitter, easy to throw out there that doesn't have a background to it. And you're doing damage. left, transition, he drives, gives it up. Rudy rolls, they kick it back to him for a wide open above the break three. He takes it because he's our best player. That's why he gave it up on the possession. He got it back in transition for a three. He missed. Conley to Rudy Gobert on a pick and roll at the 402 mark. At the 337 mark, Mitchell and Gobert run a pick and roll. Donovan gives it to Mike Conley, who actually takes what I thought was the worst shot of the entire fourth quarter, and he hits the three. But it's a for most people, then that's just a good shot because it went in because evidently we're going to create narratives based completely on whether a guy, we can look at a box score and go, oh, a guy went one for eight in the fourth quarter. He's a selfish pig, hero ball. None of those things were true. None of those things were true. So at the 338 mark, he gives it to Conley, and Conley hits the shot. By the way, at this point, when possessions in which Mike, in which Donovan has not scored, were two for seven in the in this fourth quarter. 247 left. I don't know what happened. We run a weird handoff up top with Mike Conley. I they, I think they are coming out of a timeout. The Bucks have now brought Javon Carter in. I think we are expecting a try to get a switch. There wasn't a switch worth to get. We kind of screwed up the possession. Rudy brings up a pick and roll late. Donovan runs off it, drives, gets to the right side, gets a wide open 15-foot jump shot. He missed. It's kind of a busted play, but he missed. With 2.14 left, Donovan gives it over to Royce O'Neal, who's wide freaking open, and he doesn't shoot. We then get Royce O'Neal meandering in the middle of the lane for a really bad shot. Okay, so that was a terrible possession, but that's not on Don. So Don's now been in the game for six and a half minutes. There's two minutes left in the game. Can you find a single possession you have a problem with? Is there a single possession in there you have a problem with? 
I'm sorry, do you not want him to take four shots? You want him to take two? Because then he's not Donovan Mitchell. And by the way, Boyan's not playing, so who's taking these shots? And by the way, on the possessions in which Donovan is not shooting, at this point, I think we're about two for eight. What do you got for me? If you're out there and you're talking trash and you're on Twitter and you're throwing out all these narratives, what do you got for me? Nothing. Nothing. 126 left. Donovan gives it up to Mike Conley. Conley drives the lane, draws two free throws. 103 left. Donovan runs off a nice uh, pick and roll with Gobert. Beautifully done. They kind of Daniel Tice, if you know what I mean, the, the pick low so that Donovan can come back under Rudy and Donovan misses a layup. He missed a layup. He missed. I'm not saying he was brilliant. I'm not saying he was a superstar. He missed shots, but he was not a hero ball. It was not whatever centricism we talk about. It was not Quinn turning over the offense to Donovan. It was not Donovan being selfish in any way, shape, or form. He missed shots. It is not some sort of concept that we have to look at what who we are, what we do, whether we're doing right. No, I want every single one of these shots again. I want the inbound play at the corner for Donovan off a corner inbound with 12 on a shot clock. I want Donovan on a catch and shoot pull up three. I want Donovan on a 15 foot open jump shot. I want Donovan at the rim for a layup. I want them all. Every single one of them I want back. I want again. And we're going to have a bunch of people that sit around and complain about this crap? You're being an idiot at that point. So I'm here to prevent you all, all of us in the lockdown community, from being an idiot. Stop that narrative. It's dumb. And I just backed up why it's dumb. I'm not just being a jerk and calling people names. I'm actually backing it up. Feel free to send them to me. We'll link them to the show. I mean, I don't need to duck behind anything. I'll, t- I'll say it to their face, which is as close as I can right now, by doing it to the show. So someone's got that crap out there, I'll link him to the show. Okay, there's 103 left. He misses the layup. He commits a bad foul. It's really bad. It was really. I think he tried to get away with it, and he didn't. It was a bad foul. We're now down four. We're down two possessions with less. It's really not. And then he turns it over. Then he turned it over. Okay. Turnover was bad. Great play also by Drew Holiday. And Drew Holiday is like the best on-ball defender. A lot of this comes out of the fact that Drew Holiday is picking him up at 45 feet on every one of these possessions and battling the crap out of him. Because they're the world champs. So stop. Like, we got beat. Donovan missed shots. Played the world champs down to the possession. We got the shots we wanted, actually. But some of the rest of the stuff is silly. Silly. Yes, I've had my espresso this morning. Today's show is brought to you by somebody who's not silly, who's super nice, who would never say the things that I was saying, and that is Steve Carter, Intercap Lending. Intercap is the best. Steve Carter is amazing. Uh, Steve Carter is our own personal loan officer over at Intercap. They've done amazing work for Locked On, for me twice, for my COO, for numerous people in the lockdown world, and for all of you. We love this relationship. In 2016, Josh Romney brought Intercap Lending back to Utah. Since then, they've exploded. 
They have their headquarters in Utah and they just keep going and going and going. Why? Because they get deals done. They service your loans. They have long-term relationships. They're nimble. They are a direct lender. They're able to do all sorts of different things. And then they have amazing customer service. And I, the most amazing thing to me was I was talking to a realtor the other day and she was telling me that they use Intercap. And she's like, my guy's incredible. Da, 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 da. I was like, oh, Steve Carter. And she's like, no, I had somebody else. But Steve Carter's our guy. So evidently there's more than one great person at Intercap. Steve Carter's our own personal loan officer at 385-885-28. That's 385-885-28. Intercap Lending, NMLS number 190465. For more information, visit intercaplending.com or email me at dlock09 at gmail.com and I will set you up with a personal uh, introduction to my, uh, I'll call him my friend and I, not really, we don't really like, we go out for lunch once or twice a year on a client thing. So we're not really friends, but I'd like to call him my friend. Cause I admire what an amazing job Steve Carter does, um, at intercap lending. So go check it out or email me first and find out more. Today's show is brought to you by prize picks. Prize picks is the best DFS, uh, game out there for you. You can use the promo code NBA, go to the App Store, download Daily Fantasy Made Easy with Prize Picks, and a great deal for you right now. Um, almost too good to be true. If you can pick a player that is going to get you a point. Yeah, no, that's it. For a limited time, Prize Picks is offering a no brainer offer for our users $50 for free if a player in your first Prize Pick entry scores a single point. But, but you must use the promo code NBA. That's right. This is an exclusive offer available just to Locked On fans. You pick two to five players and over-under on the projections, you can win up to 10 times of an entry. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. Prize Picks is safe, offers fast withdrawals. Use the award-winning app on the App Store or on Google Play at Prize Picks. It is Locked On Jazz. Thanks very much for making us the first listen of the day. Uh, my espresso today is out of Spella, which is a small little cafe in Portland. And they are truly the best coffee I've ever had. So if you're looking for a, um, if you're looking for a spot to, um, it's Spella, S-P-E-L-L-A Cafe. And uh, you can tell them that David Locke of the Jazz in Utah sent them. I've sent a bunch of people there and go order the espresso. And if you have an espresso maker at home, you will love it. That's for our 3% of our audience that actually drinks coffee. All right. Yesterday, I said on the show that I wanted to talk about how the, Milwaukee Bucks have changed the way the league plays defense. I find this interesting. Most people probably would find the, I don't know. This is one of those things you might like hate me for the first segment. And then, so let's walk through this. This is really, this is interesting. It also has to do with the three point revolution. It has to do with the mid range jump shot. Um, you know how it fits into all these things and all those things. So if we go to 2016, 17, so six seasons ago, the league took, 35.4% of shots at the rim. And the fewest shots allowed at the rim at that point was by the Detroit Pistons who allowed 31.6 of their opponent's shots at the rim. Okay? So that was the 16-17 season. We go to the 17... Actually, so, wait, let me do something. I'm not prepared for this. I'm actually going to do a little twist here. I have my notes written down over here, but I'm actually going to do a twist and find something. I'm just curious. So I like to look at the season in five-year increments as for trends. So let's go to 11-12. I have no idea what I'm about to find here. I've just, I'm, I'm just actually, this is curiosity. Sorry, curiosity killed the cat and bores the show. So in 11-12, 36% of shots were at the rim. 
And Orlando was the best defense at 31. So this is actually, this is actually great. This is this is super interesting. Now, now, now you're really on it. You're on a wild goose chase with me because now I'm going to 07, 08, five years before that to see what they were. So they were actually, that's interesting. They were at 32% at the rim back in that era. Okay. So if we go back to what I just said, which was the um, and I don't know where it switched because I hadn't gone back originally this far in my research. But if we go back to the 12-13 season, so that's 10 years ago or 11-12, we have 10 full seasons. Go 11-10 season, as I just said, 36% of the shots were the rim. And the team that defended the rim the best was the Orlando Magic at 31.2. So then we moved ahead five years to the 16-17 season. And the amount of rim shots is close to the same, from 36 to 35.4. And the best in the league is similar, 31.2 allowed, or the fewest, 31.2 to 31.6. We go to last season. So we look at this in five-year increments. All of a sudden, we go in the five years from 35% of shots at the rim down to 33% of shots at the rim. And the number one defense in the league who doesn't allow shots at the rim goes from allowing 31.6% of shots at the rim to 26% of shots at the rim. So that's a... Huge change. I should have actually built this into like, a, this is the next step of lockdown is I build this into a graph and do all sorts of fun things and you actually can see it. So the, um, so from 36 to 35 in five years, no real change. From 31 to 31 in five years, no change. Within five years, we go from 35 to 33% of shots at the rim. And the, the team that's denying the most is Washington last year. They go from 26, they go from 31.6 to 26.2. Crazy change. So what happened? What happened was the Milwaukee Bucks. So the Milwaukee Bucks, when they assigned, acquired Brooke Lopez, decided under Mike Budenholzer that they were no longer letting anyone shoot at the rim. And the math is right, because if you look at the accuracy of rim shooting in the NBA, the rim shooting is about, this year is at 63%. So if you take, you know, 0.63 and divide it by two, you're averaging 1.26 points per shot. And if you're going to allow, and basically the Bucks said, we'll give you a three instead at 1.08, so 0.2 better. But the Bucks even go to the next step, which is we're going to actually give you an above the break three. And the above the break three is 1.05 points per shot. And as we said a minute ago, the rim is 1.26 points per shot. So 0.25 points or so per shot better to let someone take an above the break three than it is to have them shoot at the rim. Now, ideally, you make them shoot a mid-range shot. That's a 0.8 points per shot. But that this was the concept behind what the Bucks were doing. So we go to three years ago. In the 18-19 season, and the rim percentage on that season of shots is 36.1. It's still the exact same in 18-19 for the league as a whole. But the Bucks are suddenly only allowing 30% of the shots at the rim. Then we go to the 19-20 season. And the Bucks legitimately do something I didn't know you could do anymore, which is they kept the league below 30% of their shots at the rim. It, they went to 29% of all shots against the Bucks were at the rim, and the league dropped from 36 to 35. But that's actually not lower than what the league was three, four years earlier. There has not been a league change. There's been a Bucks change at this point. 
In the 1920 season, the Bucks go to 29% of all shots at the rim against them. They have the best location field goal percentage. They're allowing 20, 39% of the opponent's shots to be threes, which is a crazy high number. And the league's looking at him like, wow, you're kind of nuts. Why would you do that? Well, I just explained why. We go to 2021 season last year, and the Bucks do it again, but this time they drop their number to 27.8% of shots at the rim, and the league suddenly starts to change. The league goes from 35% of shots at the rim to or 35% to 33 in one season, we drop two percentage points because teams are starting to do what the Bucks did. The Buck Milwaukee's at 26.2. The Bucks are at 27.8. The Celtics are at 30.5. The Jazz are at 30.5. And then we move to this year. And the league this year now, remember the number was 36% of shots at the rim five years ago is now at 32.5% of all shots are at the rim. And the defenses, Golden State allows 27.5. Phoenix allows 27.5. Boston allows 27.7. The Jazz allow 28.6. The Bucks allow 28.8. The Thunder allow 28.9. Washington allows 29.9. And Miami allows 30% of shots. We now have eight teams in the NBA that are allowing 30% or fewer shots at the rim. We've had two teams do it, the Bucks twice and the Wizards, in the last, like, 10 years. The Milwaukee Bucks completely changed the way people play defense in the NBA. And this is the impact. We're now only taking 32.5% of shots at the rim. If you're listening, your thought is, well, that's just because everyone shoots threes. That's actually not true. Defense, Kevin Pelton announced this a few years ago, and it took everyone a little while to figure it out. This is why Kevin Pelton's so smart, is that defenses dictate the rim and offenses dictate how many threes are going to take. You can try <clears throat> to deny the three all you want, except for the fact that it's almost impossible. Unless it's almost impossible if you want to also deny the rim. But if you don't want to deny the rim, you can deny threes. And so here's the next part of what's happened. We just gave you the eight teams that are 30% or below. And here's where they rank in denying threes. 30th, 29th, 26th, 21st, 13th, 12th, 11th. And then Washington, interestingly, is number one. Washington is the only team in the top 10 in both now. We are, Phoenix is 11th. We are 12th. Boston is 13th. Phoenix has the best location field goal percentage defense. Washington has the second best. Boston has the third. We have the fourth. Golden State has the fifth. Orlando has the sixth, who's at 30.5. Then Oklahoma City and Milwaukee. You deny the rim, and you have the best field goal percentage defense, effective field goal percentage defense based on location that there is. The impact of this on the league is pretty interesting to me. I think it makes someone like Rudy Gobert all the more powerful. And if you think about points gained that we're doing every Friday, we're seeing all these big guys show up on the top of points gained in this interesting little manner. And the fact is that that's because there's so few shots at the rim now that if you can actually get to the rim, you're all the more powerful and all the more important. So Rudy Gobert getting his six, seven shots a night at the rim 
is more important than it's ever been before because the league used to allow 36% of shots at the rim and now only allows 32.5% of shots at the rim. So if you can actually get that shot at the rim, it's more valuable than ever before. Couple that with guards going to the free throw line more. That's the next aspect of this. So that's the kind of aspect of thing there. Does that make so that's where Milwaukee changed the way the entire league plays defense now. And also why getting to the rim is much more difficult than it's ever been before and a difficult process. It makes the bigs more valuable. And also why people think the mid-range is increasing. It's not really, but it is important for certain players because you can't get to the rim. All right, transition deep dive next. Plus, I'll take some of your questions. There's an interesting thing in the aspect of this uh, matchup today and the two different ways these two teams play transition. And I wanted to share that with you um, as all of you guys talk AeroPress over there. Um, by the way, on the road, I have a grinder. Actually, Quinn gave it to me out of his brother's store, De La Rente in Seattle. If you're ever wanting meats and good stuff like that, go check out De La Rente in Seattle. It's in Pike Place Market. Um, support this. Support the Snyders. Support Matty Snyder. Um, so I have a grinder. And I have my AeroPress, and then I play around with the fellow espresso cap as well as the regular one. There you go. AeroPress is pretty good for the road. All right. Um, a lot of coffee talk for a Utah show, but we got to do what we got to do. Uh, today's show, Locked on Jazz, your first listen of every day. Thanks so very much. Uh, is, list, is brought to you by Built.com. It's back. Rocky Road, marshmallow and almonds. Never had it. Couldn't tell you. Sounds great. White chocolate shamrock is available as well. And the puffs, the churro, the banana cream pie, the coconut marshmallow, the ruby chocolate, the lemon dip cheesecake, all incredible. And Built Bar comes to you with the ridiculously great macros of 130 calories, 2.5 fat grams, four net carbs, four sugars, and 17 grams of protein. It is Built Bar instead of that snack that's 250 calories. That's that chocolate chip cookie, that brownie that I eat every day. Have a puff. And feel better about yourself than you would otherwise. They're just incredible. It's Built Bar. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for your promo code and get 15% off on all Built.com items. It's funny to do a show with like that opening like fire and then try to move into a regular show. Like, cause now I almost feel bad. I was so pissed over the last 24 hours of listening to people talk about the donovan in just an inaccurate non-backed up manner i couldn't help myself and now i feel bad about it no no i do feel a little bad about it all right well i wasn't yelling at dalen and ray and kellen i was listening to uh, you guys are smart enough you're not okay all right we're good we're good we're good we're good uh wow insecurity kicks in at all ages um all right this is pretty interesting so in transition this year the Chicago Bulls take 56% of their shots at the rim. The Utah Jazz take the fewest shots of any team in the league at the rim in transition. The Utah Jazz take 46% of their shots in transition as a three. The most of any team in the NBA and the Chicago Bulls take the second fewest. The best transition team in the NBA is the Brooklyn Nets. The Chicago Bulls are third best. The Jazz have slipped, are now 14th best. 
A year ago, the Jazz kind of, with George Niang and Joe Ingles and some better shooters, a year ago, the Jazz did the same kind of concept. They took 53% of their shots as threes, and they had the 11th best points per possession in transition of any team in the league. And they had the, what is most interesting to this on all this is you kind of get into your quantified shot quality of who's actually getting the best shots in transition. And here you have a Bulls team that does everything in transition at the rim. And you have a Jazz team that does everything in transition in three. And the Bulls for the year have the fourth best effective field goal percentage in transition. And the Jazz have the, or the Jazz have the 11th best. QSQ, the Bulls have the best shot quality of anyone on in transition. And the Jazz actually are 21st. Now, some of this is some analysis by the Jazz that they're actually not very good in transition, one-on-one, getting to the rim on pe- at people, and that they're better off pulling for three. Like that's that they're, you know, that that's actually part of the analysis that the Jazz are doing here is that they've looked into this team and who they are, and that with six one guards that they're not, you know, it's not actually a strength for them to go do this and to go drive to the basket and try to, um, you know, make force teams or uh, and, and force the action, that they're better off driving, flattening the defense, and then kicking out for a three. And on the season, the Jazz are 109 of 277 on these threes. So in transition, when the Jazz get a three, Their shooting percentage this year is 39.3%. Pretty hard to argue with that opportunity. It's often the bogey three. You know, if we can get a 39% three early in a possession, pretty hard not to take it. Last year, we were 172 out of 390 in transition for three, in transition threes, which comes out to 44%. So that's a big difference. This is one of the reasons. And yet our offense is still number one in the NBA. So we're not quite as good on some of these transition threes as um, we were a year ago. The Bulls are super interesting because the Bulls go and push transition at the rim every single time. And so it's worth watching that. The Jazz, we've talked about this a little bit, went from 28th in the league in transition defense to fourth best in the league in transition defense since February 1st. So this is a big challenge for them. The Bulls don't do a lot in transition. Frankly, neither of these teams do. The Bulls are in half court, the third most of any team in the league, and the Jazz are in the half court, the 10th most of any team in the league. So transition won't be a huge part of this game, but it will be um, a part of it in that sense, and there's actually just kind of an interesting contrast to, to that. Bulls have lost six of eight. Jazz have alternated wins and losses over their last eight. Kind of an important game for both sides. We're battling for our playoff positioning. They are too. Um, so we'll see. Lacey says that she loved today's show and we all feel the same way that people say dumb things they can't back up just to say them. It's harmful. Glad someone with credibility set them straight. All right, I'm going to take that with me to close the day. And Ray says that if I know anything about an arrow press, it means I'm all right. So therefore anything I said is right. And generally, if we had more women involved in decision-making in our society, we'd all be way better off. So I'm going to go with the two women that regularly listen to the show um, of being able to um, give us her thoughts. All right. Thank you very much for tuning in today, being a part of Locked on Jazz. Um, appreciate it. Thanks a ton. Tomorrow, I'll be calmer, happier, better.
Should I tell my, for those of you who are still with me, no one's still with this show. Remind me to tell a story about my skiing experience yesterday. It wasn't good. Mm. 